everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Full Cup today. I just want to put a reminder that it is recommended to listen to these episodes in order. I get a few messages every week asking for things to be explained a little more thoroughly. And if you just listen in order, everything should be covered and explained. That's the best way to do it. So enjoy. Thanks for being here. Bye. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Full Cup. It has been quite a while. I feel like I say that at the beginning of every episode. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. I'm here with Rachel today. We are following up a few requests from some messages I've received about some topics people want to cover. So we're going to start today talking about worthiness. Uh, So how are you, Rachel? I'm so good. We've been hanging out for three hours, so it's weird to suddenly act like I'm just seeing you. All right. (laughs) But we haven't seen each other in a while. I know. It has been a while. Crazy times. It's a crazy time. We're not going to get political. We are going to have a fun time today. We're sitting in Rachel's office on yoga mats with a really awesome candle burning. What is it called? Tobacco. Oh, yeah. It, it reminds me of the tinderbox. At you Crossroads. need to come closer. It reminds me of the tinderbox <laughs> at Crossroads Mall. Do you remember the tinderbox? The name. They always had tobacco burning in the store and it smelled up the whole mall. You could just burn tobacco? Yeah. Is that weird? I, at least that's what I thought it was. That's <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why we were all in there going... <laughs> Mm. Oh, crossroads like mall. pipe tobacco. Oh my god! Right? If you smell the pipe, they smell great. So I, this candle, okay. yeah. Tobacco. I honestly don't know what the smell is, but is like a cigar tobacco? Like no, cigar swisher sweet. Okay, I think. I uh, no offense to you, cigar smokers out there, well, but they do smell poor. Danny so likes favorite smell in the world is a swisher sweet, like ninety nine oh. cent cigar so i don't know oh well they is real tobacco but i feel like they don't smell okay. like yeah that, that smells good because i'm an expert on you tobacco. are tabasco <laughs> tabasco <laughs> i love burnt tabasco mm. <laughs> uh no let's go back to crossroads mall so my favorite store there was accessory depot do you remember that store no they sold like the moccasins that were made out of wool that you couldn't really wear anywhere what generation? But the did bottom you of them, they were like they were like a hippie shoe. The bottom of them had a really thin flap of leather, but the top was like woven wool that was uh, fake. I don't are know. those now mucklucks? I don't know. Okay. And then they also sold like turquoise little stud earrings, and you could they had a machine, like a parking machine, where you put a quarter in and turn it, and it tells you how much time you've bought for parking. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. But you could put money in it and buy the rainforest, and it would tell you how many acres of land you bought oh. with like a quarter. Oh, wow! Which, as a like thirteen year old, look at you, you woke, felt really cool <laughs> putting your fifty cents in and being like, "I just made the world way better." better. Yeah. So that is the difference between your generation and mine, because I would have no interest at thirteen at making the world better, but finding a really rocking pair of earrings at Contempo Casuals. Yes. Which was the cool store before Wet Sill came in. Yeah. Right? And Ypsilon across the way. Yeah. I mean. It it was the cool store. Any day. I know. And right? their bags were really cool too. Yes. Really uh, geometric earrings. 
huge shoulder pads, everything, mock turtleneck. Yeah. Mock, everything. Mock turtle mock tees are back. They are. I, yeah. Everything's back. Uh, <clears throat> including what's our topic? Worthiness. <laughs> And this is, you know what, this is going to touch on a lot of the stuff probably that we've talked about before, because I think how we obtain worthiness applies to some of the challenges that I have given, at least in the podcasts um, that we've discussed. I shouldn't say obtaining, but different activities to help kind of create insight there. Okay. But why that's important. I've just felt like over this past while, and I've said this before, there seems to be common themes that kind of run. I don't know if it's the stars mm-hmm. are aligning and what's going on, but people, no matter the challenges that they're facing, there's some underlining truths that are connected to each other. And one of them, a huge one lately has been worthiness. And I think that's a word that is thrown out a lot in society to mean many different things. Yeah, But I think we tie meaning to it that may not necessarily be the true meaning. So what, what do you mean when you say worthiness or what do people think that means? Well, let's talk. Well, what, if I were to ask you, what do you think worthiness means? Are you worthy? Well, I mean, I would go right to a temple recommend interview and be like, mm, probably not. Okay. So, so good enough, maybe. Okay. Um, but worthy to me can also mean, so if you're going to go temple recommend. <laughs> I mean, that's what it, the word is tied to for yeah, me. Yeah, for you. Yeah. But because it has a religious connotation, I think that can influence what we think the word means. And if you look it up in the dictionary, I think one of the meanings could be good enough. But in reality, if you think about like even a temple recommend, worthiness means I've completed or achieved requirements okay. that allow me to enter. Yes. It does not mean if you don't qualify that you are then on, you are not able to go because you haven't achieved the requirements, but it does not mean as a person that you no longer have worth. Yeah. That you're less than. Right? Yeah. Which the word, if you're not worthy, does feel you are less than. Right. And when we, t- when I talked before about, we train our brains to seek evidence to prove our thoughts true. When I talked about internal dialogue, mm-hmm. right. And guilt and shame that affects worthiness. And and I don't, when I talk with clients, I never talk good, bad, right, wrong, guilt and shame. I don't think they have a place because they do get us questioning our worthiness. And it's hard to make change when you can't acknowledge your value or your worthiness. Right. Yeah. So Rachel said that line earlier today. Say it again. You can't make It's change. hard to make change. It's hard to make change. When you can't acknowledge your value. Okay. When you can't acknowledge your value, which just what when she said that it really hit home for me because i think when you're in depre- when you're depressed or when you can't get out of bed that cycle is perpetuated day in and day out because a lot of times you aren't happy with yourself or you think you're worthless or whatever so if your body is worthless and you don't care about yourself why would there ever be a need to get out of bed or a desire if it's not important if you do or don't because this body you're in is not worth anything. And I think it goes for not just depression, but I was thinking of a friend I have who has changed her healthy habits in life of like working out or not eating as healthy. And suddenly she just wants to not come out anymore and not see people because she doesn't feel maybe worthy. She doesn't feel like 
her body isn't in the right place where she wants to come out. But it's just like this continual cycle because she's telling herself, I'm no good. I'm no good. So how do you start fixing something that it's not even worth fixing if it's no good. So you have to start telling it that it is good. And, and that's very common. We talked about that in perfectionism where people believe their value is earned. Yeah. I'm only as worthy or valuable as I'm able to perform. Yes. And that's not true. We come inherently with worth. Yeah. Right. And so we do, but it's hard. It's so nice sitting down here with you when you remind me of these things. I'm like, oh, I'm already feeling so good. I really should just be a client and see you every week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it changes when we've talked about have to versus choose to. Have to is fear-based. Have to is motivated. I have to in order to be worthy. Choose to, I come at it worthy already. So I'm empowered to make the choice. It's it's the opposite of fear. And so, and a lot of the things that I see in my office are come from fear-based thinking. Mm-hmm. And so shifting that, it becomes easier. I mean, when you, when I said to you, we come with our value and we inherently have value and worth, does it feel like then, I, I mean, to me, that makes life just feel lighter. But how do you tell someone that when they don't, see it that way. Yeah. So changing the perspective and it's hard in our society because if you think about it, our society is very, I mean, we're under scrutiny everywhere. Judgment. I don't think as a society, we perpetuate this belief that we are inherently valuable because there's a lot of blame and a lot of shame and a lot of you're right and you're wrong. Well, and there's a lot of glorifying. And I mean, you watch a Nike commercial at this amazing person who is overcoming these feats and they just amaze you and blow you away and you want to be that not everyone is that yeah and which can be great for some motivation but not a comparison okay so let's talk about some of the things that get in the way of us acknowledging our value first i think would be comparison right the thief of joy yes comparing We've talked a little bit about that before also, I think, in saying when we see people have success, it's great if we want to find motivation from them, but it's also great to let it be their story and it does not have to influence ours. Meaning I can be really happy for you, for your success in something, but typically what I hear people say is when I see someone have success, I feel like I should be doing the same. Mm-hmm. Are you, you sure? Bad about yourself because you're not doing that. Yeah. Instead of saying that is awesome. Look at what you're able to do. And that awesomeness motivates me to find my awesomeness. But there's so much comparison that goes on. Oh, well, and especially with like social media and Instagram, I think that's when I know a lot of people struggle with Instagram and it makes them feel miserable because that's what they're doing. They're seeing this picture perfect life and comparing their life to it. Where if you can change that perspective and say, oh, that is so awesome. I'm so happy for them. Even if it's not even reality. (laughs) Which typically it's not. (laughs) Which typically it's not. That's You know what? I heard someone say to me recently, I was having a discussion with someone. We were saying, isn't it interesting how some people feel like in the world, there's not enough goodness to go around. Meaning if someone else has goodness, I want their goodness Mm. or they have my goodness instead of recognizing there's enough room for everyone to have it. It's not me or them. We all can have it. But sometimes we get into that mentality of of there's not enough. Even especially I think the person I was talking to 
this about was in the business world and feeling like there's only one company that can do this the best. Mm -hmm. And if they don't have the, you know, the share of it, then they're doing something wrong instead of saying, actually, there's probably enough room for there'd be several companies that do this well. So comparison. Also, a lot of people use uh, or scrutinize their worthiness to prevent them from being self-centered. Okay. A lot of women that I see. Not just stereotyping. Meaning... Um, deflating myself is being humble. Oh, okay. Thinking less of myself yeah, means I'm not selfish. Because you don't want to come across cocky or... Yeah. But there's difference between being better than and being good. Yeah. Right? Yes. Not acknowledging your goodness. It, acknowledging your goodness to me isn't saying I'm better than. Right. You're mirroring. Have we talked about mirror and matching? A little bit. Yeah. Kind of the idea behind cellular plasticity, the cells, your cells influence, I'm sorry, your thoughts influence your cells Mm -hmm. and they give off a vibration, right? Yes. If you're feeling good about yourself, that influences what you mirror to others, but not just in how they see you, but what you're telling them, you're comfortable in them sharing back to you. Meaning if I am comfortable in my goodness and my value, I'm giving you permission to also be comfortable with yours around me. Yeah. Not just that you see mine, but that you find yours. Yeah. Yes. Right. We, I think we have talked about that. Okay. Yeah. So because of that, this idea of not wanting to be self-centered and therefore I have to be less than wrong direction, wrong direction. Going back to internal dialogue. We talked about that as well. You train your brain to seek evidence to prove your thoughts true. So yeah. if you're constantly telling yourself, I'm not good enough to try to be humble, yeah. your brain starts to believe you and right. starts to look for ways that you're not helpful right. or not good enough. And then yes. you're going in the wrong direction. Not measuring up. That's mm-hmm. a reason why we cannot feel worthy. In other words, I'm not accomplishing enough or I had goals that are seeming more difficult or maybe I don't have the desire to set goals, not measuring up. And also maybe not having received love, not having been mirrored love to yourself through your childhood. And maybe that affects your ability to connect to your worthiness. Um, Guilt and shame over behavior. That's a big one too for worthiness. Shame and guilt I've talked about before, but I'll talk about it again. Huge enemies of worth. Effective and ineffective. That's what I tell people all the time because... It means there can be course correction without it meaning that you're less than. Okay. So well, those- <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Repeat that line. It means there can be course correction, which means which you can change. Yes, but doesn't mean that it affects affects your value. When you're when you shame or guilt to me, that's saying somehow I'm wrong or I'm bad. Yeah. The behavior now, and it's hard for, I think, some people to compartmentalize behavior from who they are. So in other words, saying this behavior is not effective for where I'm trying to get. It's much easier, I believe, to correct the course and have insight into that when you look at it as I want to be more effective in my life versus I'm bad and I want to be good. Yeah. Because again, what you're telling your brain to seek evidence for is I'm bad. Yeah. And that's hard to create space for change when you're affecting your value. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So going back to worthiness how the way, and value, the way we identify it is, does it mean that I'm good enough? Does it mean I've accomplished or, or I've met requirements? 
Because some people can have met every requirement, have straight A's, be doing all the things that they want to do on their list and still not feel worthy. Yeah, it's so true. Um, I participated in a in a camp for some girls, just a Zoom camp where we talked about this. And I heard one of the women, a woman shared in there that she struggles every day to feel like she's good enough for her life mm-hmm. every day, which was funny because the girls that heard her say that were stunned. Right. Because yeah. this woman to them is very accomplished and, and amazing. And she said, every day I struggle to know that I am good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's, first of all, I just want to say kudos to her for sharing that because I think that is also, I was talking to someone actually today about, she was kind of, has gone through this little transformation of uh, just going through a hard thing and now opening up about her trauma and her history and her problems. And I just said to her, I'm so glad that you're talking about this because when you do, it makes other people go, oh, I'm not the only one. Or, oh, she has problems too. I would have never thought. Yes, people, every freaking person has problems. (laughs) Every person has something that they struggle with. And sometimes we put on this show like everything's great and that's fine. You don't always have to, you know, come burying your soul, whatever. But I really appreciate when people are forthright about their is that the right word? Yeah. Vulnerable. vulnerable. I like the word vulnerable. That yes. takes, and that takes courage, right? Yeah. Admitting that. And I also was very uh, impressed that that woman yeah. was willing to share. And I do think it it lent some powerful insight to a lot of the young girls that were listening to her talk. Yeah. Especially because I think sometimes we think as young girls, as we become adult women, all these things automatically correct and change. When yeah. in real, reality, we're just younger women that have more years behind us. Yeah, necessarily. Absolutely. Right. That things have changed. Um, Another reason why this worthiness is important is because in the line of work that I do, we talk a lot. um, My clients usually bring up spirituality, not necessarily religion, but spirituality is one of the four frameworks that create who we are. And worthiness is highly connected Mm -hmm. there. Right. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people connected to a higher power that when we talk about using that belief system as a support for change or healing, if the belief system is that I'm not worthy in that relationship, it alters the power behind what that's able to help us do. And sometimes, like you said, the four frameworks, sometimes spirituality can be, you know, instead of 25% from each framework, spirituality is 90% of what, you know, you believe makes you up Mm -hmm. and the rest isn't as important to a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but will you tell everyone what the four frameworks are that you just, yes. Biology, psychology, sociology, spirituality. So biology, meaning my genetic makeup, my physical self, psychology is my emotional well-being, my emotional state, how I am day to day, right? How Mm -hmm. I feel my feelings. Sociology is your environment connections with others and spirituality is just connection. Well, spirituality can be different for many different people, but what it means to you and the strengths or the hurt that you take from yeah. a spiritual connection. And so those four frameworks make up who we are as individuals. Are. Okay. And my belief is- I just is, wanted you to re-explain. Yeah. Those four frameworks work in connection with each other and all of them require the same amount of, I believe, 
insight and effort as each other. It's sometimes hard, especially if our biology, if we're, if, if things, if we're having trouble, health problems, mm-hmm. it's hard, but we can amp up the other ones to help support, but trying to keep those things in balance with each other, I think is a great uh, measurement for absolutely good mental health. So you're, so, so to go back to what you were saying about your spirituality and connection to a higher power. Yes. So if you don't feel worthy, well, I, I have yet to meet anyone that I have talked to when they talk about a higher power, not believing that a higher power believes in their, I shouldn't say I have yet to meet anyone. I have actually met a lot of people, but getting down to the roots of what they want to believe is that the connection there is unconditional. They want the connection to be unconditional. Yes. If there's a worthiness factor in order for you to be worthy, to earn that love or that connection, that's conditional. Yeah. So that, that higher power suddenly becomes like the rest of the world, very conditional, right? So it shifts the power that it's able to offer us. And, and as we've said in many podcasts that, uh, dad has talked about how a lot of times our higher power comes from our first authoritative figure Mm -hmm. in our life. So, so your view of that could very much just be how your parent was with you. And if it is conditional, then it's conditional with God And that's a hard thing to change. It sure is. Sure. So let's talk about ways to start opening the door for change. Okay. Okay. Um, And this is going to talk, touch on a lot of the things. I'll go briefly over um, a few of them and then hit one a little bit harder. Uh, Well, let's start with self-care. Compassion. Self-compassion and self-care is saying to yourself, I matter. I'm as valuable as everyone else. A lot of people become a martyr to self-care where they put everyone else above them because that becomes who they are. Mm -hmm. But basically what you're telling yourself is I'm not as important as everyone else. Right. Right. Which can affect worthiness. But your self-care can, nobody even needs to know about your self-care. If you're just meditating, if you, if you still want to perceive that martyr. Yes. Right. (laughs) Nobody has to know, but, but but if you're, if you're connecting to it through your thoughts, that is going to influence you. Right. So the thought is, and, and in reality, um, by, by being a person that puts everyone else above them, you're marrying the, to them that you're less than. Yeah. And a lot of people think change just comes through efforts and action, and it can, but that effort and action, if we go back to mirror and matching, can be if I recognize my value, that's how I help someone else find their value. Mm-hmm. Does yeah, that make sense? It. Yeah. It's the same, my favorite quote that's at the signature of my email. If you let your light shine, it allows others the permission to yes. do the same thing. And there's nothing better. You want everyone to let their light shine because it just it makes be a great world. Right? The environment around you yeah. feels so good. I will say to moms that come in and say, my daughter, my teenager struggling with self-esteem issues. And so mom's compensating by all of these other things, which can be helpful it can also be hurtful because it's saying mom has to do this because you can't. Um, so you mirror, I can by doing it yourself. You show up with a good self-esteem. Mm-hmm. You love yourself. You take time for yourself. You say no, you set boundaries. You do all of these things to say, I matter just mm-hmm. as much as everyone else. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I need to remember that. Okay. Okay. So that's a great place to start. Second internal dialogue. Don't say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to your child to your best friend, 
to your sister, to whoever is in your radius. And if you're a jerk to all those people, also don't say those things. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just kidding. So having that internal dialogue, rewriting, if if you find yourself negatively, you know, that's inner critic yes is negative find a way to rewrite we've talked about that before in a previous podcast mm-hmm. it's not the difference of i'm the worst to i'm the best it's changing the perspective and that what you're seeing where it isn't hurtful maybe i haven't accomplished this yet mm-hmm. or i think i shared the example i was with a group of kids that were rock climbing and and one of the girls that i think because I know who she is and her personality, a lot of the other girls really looked up to her and she didn't want to rock climb because she was afraid she would be embarrassed because she would do it poorly. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, and if you do it poorly, think of how awesome that will be to the other girls watching. They no longer have to be afraid to do it wrong or poorly. And so it, it changing the perspective is if I do it poorly, I'm saying I'm okay to do it poorly. And I'm giving you permission to do it poorly too. And, and in reality, a lot of the girls, I think when they saw her not be perfect, were much more willing to try because the bar hadn't been set that I have to be perfect. Right. Awesome. Okay. Third one, forgiving yourself. That goes back to the effective and ineffective all the journey, honoring the journey, detours on either side have value. They give us knowledge. They give us wisdom. And so therefore they don't need to be something that we beat ourselves up for. If they help rewrite our course, when they help us rewrite, that does give them value. So suddenly it changes their meaning. Yeah. Right. If Mm -hmm. this behavior I recognize was really not a great choice, this caused a lot of issues or a lot of problems or a lot of heartache. As I rewrite that, I can say, oh my gosh, and I'm so grateful that I experienced that to say, this isn't what I want. And suddenly that gives it value, which means shame and guilt. I don't need that. Yeah. It's helping me become more effective as a person. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, the last one, the one I wanted to talk, uh, spend a little more time on trying on. We've talked about this mm-hmm, before. Mm-hmm. If you know someone that you recognize that knows their worthiness. Now, however you're going to define it, again, to me, value isn't I'm better than. And it's not based on performance. No. Which when you said, it's funny because I know that, but when you said, well, I don't even know what you said, but what I think you said was like, find someone who has worthiness and like, my brain immediately goes to, I don't want to sound like a jerk as I say this. So how do I say it? (laughs) I'll just edit all this out to just like the relief society. Oh, Rachel's a relief society president. Yeah. So so what are you going to say? Let's hear it. (laughs) To just like the perfect person. That's what my mind went to, which is like, tells you what my subconscious or conscience is there an N in there? Conscience. Conscious. Conscious. My subconscious. <laughs> Conscience is Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Either way. Consci- but all yes. of them. Yes. Think okay. of worthiness as that person up there on that pedestal, which what I want it to be is just somebody who carries themselves, who loves themselves, who is real and honest and whatever, and not having to look a certain way. 
I, I like that you said that to me, the people I value are people that continue to show me in that area that they can, Mm -hmm. they just keep moving forward. I, and because I'm a recovering perfectionist, um, perfectionism, that's so boring. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows what perfection looks like. Everybody knows. I mean, a photograph, it's, it's perfection, right? It's, it's copying an exact replica of what we've seen. They're not always exact, but perfection, I believe because it's so boring where I find beauty is people that can rewrite the story a little bit differently than what I'm used to seeing. Mm -hmm. And then they show me beauty that's different than what I didn't see on myself or or see in my own view and my own story. To me, that's uh, what I value in someone's worth. So can you think of someone? Yes. Jan Boardman. Oh, (laughs) I love her so much. Right. (laughs) We love Jan. She has been our mom's dear friend since they were in fourth grade and amazing children, amazing woman and her perspective on motherhood, on, um, livelihood, on employment. She, I feel like she's always on fashion, on how she's an artist. Like everything's a little bit different and bright and a million things. I mean, I'm like my mind, it's like you just hit the nail on the head. How about she (laughs) cuts her own hair and has for like 30 years and her hair used to be short. Who on earth can cut their own hair short? And, and she's just beautiful because of the spirit that she is and the amazing, just kind, loving. Yes. Because she shows you to me, she exemplified beauty in a way that was different than I was used to seeing it portrayed. Yes. And so to me, I believe she was not fearful of doing that. So I believe she knows her value and she knows her worth because she was able to challenge maybe what was easily accepted and yeah. forge her forge her own how'd path. How did she do that? And not how'd not she like get that. She was just always like that. Jan, how'd you do that? Can yeah. you and can not, we do a call in? <laughs> and the and the awesome thing about it too is it wasn't in your face aggressive. Mm-hmm. It was just, it's just her. Yeah. It's just her. Yeah. Right. And so, um, authentically brave enough to do what she, of her life of her choosing, which again, that is not a fear-based life. Right. Imperfection, I believe is a fear-based life because it's saying, tell me what I'm supposed to be instead of deciding who I want to be. Yeah. Oh man, this feels so good. <laughs> now ready, inhale in. Inhale in. <laughs> and and namaste. Namaste. <laughs> oh, is there anything else? No, that that's okay. Uh so just I guess challenge maybe what you connect worthiness to mean and, and make sure the definition that you have is specific to what is effective for you in your life, where you do have inherent worth and value no matter what. Yes. No matter what. I love that. And I kind of want to say, and this is not something we normally do, but I would love to hear if you are to find someone that you were to mirror or match that is someone that you exemplifies worthiness. Is that what you called it? Oh, yeah, yes, that exemplifies. And I didn't really continue on with that when I said, let's talk about this one more. Trying on. What is that? Trying look like? it on. Okay. Right? And then you kind of mirror, mirror that. Is that what you yeah, were saying? Yeah. So, in other words, I, I try them on like I would a pair of jeans. 
I'm going to, I'm going to be them at a moment in my life. And then I'm going to investigate the process and see what, when I showed up as someone that knew my value, that knew I was lovable and worthy, what was different? What was different in the scenario, whatever the scenario may be, maybe it's, I'm going to dinner with some friends, or I'm going to work with some coworkers or I'm going on a walk and I'm going to have time to in my own thoughts. If I'm wearing someone that knows that he or she is amazing and lovable and valuable, how do I talk to myself? How do I interact with other people? And then what did it change? Did it make mm-hmm. any change? Mm-hmm. It's kind of becoming, um, it's giving you the opportunity to investigate and have insight into yourself, which means I'm choosing. Yeah. I'm choosing for myself. Yeah. And with that, I would love for, I do get a lot of messages sent to our Instagram handle, uh, the full cup. So I think I'm going to put out a post and ask for you guys to tell us about the people that you mirror or who they are and why. And you could even send me a direct message about it because I would love to hear what you guys, uh, find as, different examples in that area of someone who shows you worthiness. And it would be cool to kind of maybe highlight some people like that. I love that. An okay thing to do. I just get in this weird thing of, oh yeah, send in who you link and then we'll post it. And then look at me again. It's like perpetuating this dysfunction, which is not what I want to do. Right. I don't know. I get, I I mean, trying someone on isn't a comparison. It's borrowing from goodness. It's not saying I'm less than, It's saying, I acknowledge your value and I'm going to take strength from that. It's a motivation that's out of choice, not out of fear to open the door for movement. Because again, you investigate it and decide, was this effective for me? Was this not? You might try someone on and go, no, I actually didn't like that. And that doesn't mean, oh no, what's wrong with me? Then you have the insight to say, that wasn't it. You're choosing your experience. You also have to recognize I'm talking about inherent value. It's not based on performance. It's motivation out of goodness, right? Absolutely. So there's a difference for me of a look at me. That's a performance based and hear my story. Oh, you're so So, good with words. How does your brain work like that? Oh my gosh. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.